Good morning, Minecrafters, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 14, Magical Relationships. I'm Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and I'm here this morning to discuss the most important thing in our lives, right? You know, we got our health, and then, which is key, the true wealth is health, right? Which, the other main, main, main thing, which we know research demonstrated even, is our relationships. It, this is the number one to live the longest life and the most and the highest quality of life, the highest amount of life satisfaction, living our best life, optimal human functioning. This all comes down to the quality of our relationships and knowing that we have that person to count on. And, you know, we've kind of briefly mentioned this through different episodes. We just haven't yet talked about how to, you know, sort of bring that magic back. So we're not, it's not like we're just, you know, adding magic because like it's already there, right? It's just that, you know, we're walking around that. We sometimes, you know, we get beaten down by life and it gets easier to kind of go within and um, not put effort in and just kind of get into these unconscious habits that, you know, kind of slowly chisel at the relationships that we're in, romantic, best friendships, whatever relationships. And we get on this kind of autopilot of, you know, self-destruction and relationship destruction because we're tired. We're tired and we're distracted. And many of us are emotional runners. and We'd rather be, you know, glued to that cell phone than actually feel and acknowledge what's going on. There's so many reasons. And, you know, once again, we've touched on it and, and we're going to take a different route today. So bear with me here. I just, it's very important to reiterate the loads and loads of people who have talked about relationships being our number one. And it's not about quantity. It's about quality, quality. And we're talking about, um, we're talking about knowing knowing that no matter what happens, that there's somebody you can count on. So it can be, if you've got one good one, you are blessed beyond the stars. So one of the, one of the books I'm going to bring into our discussion today is a book called The Magic by Rhonda Byrne. So if, also, if any of you know of the Law of Attraction, um, which is also very good, uh, this will feed right into that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, you know, Rhonda says, you know, and which again, so many people are saying that, you know, when it comes right down to it, it's your contact and experiences with other people you know, that bring us joy and meaning and a sense of purpose. Joy and meaning and a sense of purpose. You know, and we also know that a sense of meaning in one's life, a sense of purpose in one's life is essential. You know, Viktor Frankl has talked a lot about that in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, and also one of my favorites. And obviously that's about his uh, his experience through uh, surviving the Nazi um, concentration camps during the Holocaust. And we're not, that isn't the point to reside right there today, except for the meaning part and the purpose part. Because if somebody can find meaning and purpose daily going through you know, the heinous, horrible atrocities that he went through. And I think it's just a, a very motivating, you know, message for the rest of us in our daily lives. And we also know that 
when somebody does not have a sense of meaning and purpose, that that's a straight road to sadness and maybe even depression, which is actually a lot of Viktor Frankl's whole shtick, right? He did, he um, sort of came up with something called logotherapy, which is, you know, a, a therapeutic, you know, treatment based primarily on helping someone find their sense of meaning and purpose. And he talks about, you know, some people are the most down and out, and he says criminals and people struggling with addiction, this and that, and that really that was all that, all that kind of external stuff was a reflection of the underneath. And even so, um, he talked about helping, of course, men back then, just everything was men, right? Helping men become great, helping them to see their worth and their sense of purpose. And so we're going to take that one step further, right? Because his whole thing was helping them to find purpose, which I'm a big fan of him and his message, is that that also plays a role in what we're talking about today, which is key relationships in our lives, because they have lots and lots to do with our sense of meaning and purpose. It's about it's about that connection and that trust base and that feeling of security and safety that comes along with um, having having these positive relationships in our lives. And those of you who have been listening for a while know what a fan of gratitude I am and, and the word cultivate. And again, I live, we live in Vermont, um, you know, so in Northern Vermont, so it's very rural and the farms everywhere. So when I think of cultivate, my immediate surroundings bring me right to, you know, nurturing, caring for, enriching, um, taking care of, nurturing, that's all kind of what come, that word brings. I think of farms, right, and growth and feeding people, you know, that sort of thing. And all of that fits with what we're talking about today with gratitude. So we're talking the meaning, the purpose, and the gratitude and bringing back the magic in our relationships. Stay with me because this is a great theme here. And it's it's so true and it's so real. And um, the change can start, you know, now and also be seen pretty immediately, actually. So we're going to talk about, um, you know, sort of waving the gratitude wand in our relationships. You know, and some of you um, have heard me talking about the gratitude journal, which is uh, not the point of today's talk, though. If you can add it today, good for you. It would only make your life better, you know, immediately. And I, uh, I write my gratitude journal every single day. Again, I keep it right by my windowsill, so I have to walk right by it or to get out of the bedroom. So it it's a great way to, to shift a habit. I wrote in it this morning with three things, you know, I am grateful for, and it's important to have those words. I am grateful. If you want to make the, the neurological changes, right? It's like redirecting a toddler's behavior, lots of repetition, you know, consistency every day as much as possible. And it's really important to understand that this is gratitude. is not just like this touchy feely out there kind of thing. Neurologically gratitude, when we practice gratitude, cultivate gratitude, it actually rewires the brain and um, Rhonda and specifically to relationships, which is our talk today, Rhonda says, because of, um, you know, the, these contacts and experiences with other people, you know, bring being key to bring us joy and meaning and purpose. She says, because of that, your relationships affect your life more than anything else. And she says, to receive the life of your dreams, it's vital. 
that you understand how your relationships affect your life now and how they're the most powerful channels for gratitude to start magically changing your life. You know, and then, you know, scientifically, you know, that we there's all kinds of research demonstrating that, you know, people who practice gratitude, you know, have it better all the way around, you know, heal faster. And also, again, for today's purposes, people who practice gratitude tend to have closer relationships. It's just a fact. People who practice gratitude consistently, cultivate gratitude, find it so much easier to connect with family and friends and coworkers and such like that. And then also to, um, you know, look upon these people in their lives, you know, more favorably. It doesn't mean we're ignoring the negative. We just aren't going to see it as much. And if we do see it, it doesn't mean, again, that we're ignoring. It just means we're kind of acknowledging. It's very important to acknowledge. And then we're shifting kind of out of that whatever that annoys us and shifting, you know, towards looking at, at, you know, the good things that we value in our in our family and friends. And, you know, of course, Marty Seligman, one of my faves, father of uh, positive psychology, has spoken about this from the very beginning, relationships being the number one for longevity and quality of life, and also the gratitude thing, the whole gratitude thing. Sean Aker's another one, another one of my faves as, as far as um, – uh, his book, uh, The Happiness Advantage. Plus, he's funny. I love listening to people when they're when they're funny. So Marty and, Sh- and Sean, two of my favorites, and Sean Aker talks about this and the happiness advantage too, and the whole gratitude thing, and um, how how you know when we look for the gratitude around us, it brings forth just the best everywhere. So Rhonda Byrne, in her book, The Magic, she says, as far as research goes, she says probably the most astounding statistic has come out of research studies that uh, she says for every one complaint about another person, whether in thought or word, there have to be 10 blessings for, for the relationship to flourish. Any, any, any fewer than this, then the relationship will begin to deteriorate. And, of course, going back to Marty, uh, who also wrote a book called Flourish. The word It's important to just all be on the same page here. To flourish means to kind of increase our positive thought process while simultaneously kind of getting rid of some of the negative stuff that isn't working for us, negative thought patterns that aren't working for us. So it's both. It's not just adding the gratitude. It's also shifting out of um this need to nitpick or complain or whine or whatever it is at the same time. And as mentioned, this needs to be very, very consistent and repetitive because this is how neurons rewire, neurons that wire together, fire together. We know that. So like a good parent redirecting a two-year-old, we need to, you know, sort of be conscious of, if I just complained about you know, my partner's, you know, pen tapping, okay, come up with maybe three things in our heads that we like about him or her or them and to help counteract that and rewire it. All right, so here's, we get right down to it here. So Rhonda Byrne says, gratitude makes relationships flourish. So again, they're getting better with the positive, adding the positive, right, shifting to the positive while simultaneously decreasing the nit, 
pick and unhealthy kind of dynamics at the same time. This is what it means for relationships to flourish. It's both. Very important to kind of understand that. And then she says, as you increase your gratitude for any relationship, you will magically receive an abundance, love the word abundance, of happiness and good things in that relationship. And then she goes on to say, and gratitude for your relationships doesn't change only your relationships. It also changes you. Now, I feel like I just have to chime in here again is because many people think of gratitude as, as just this touchy-feely, you know, something that's not real because they don't get that it's actually a brain thing. I think that many people grossly under, or misunderstand that people, people really grossly misunderstand the power that, that gratitude has and also the understanding that thoughts come first and feelings come second right? So the thoughts we allow in dictate how we feel, right? So if we're with relationships, like what we're talking about, if we're allowing, you know, the constant annoyances to just take over us and focus on them and kind of reside there, then the result will be, you know, continually being irritated, frustrated, maybe even escalating to angry, you know, whereas if we, again, practice thought control and, and, you know, when the pen tapping starts or the whatever starts and we, you know, shift out of that, even if we're not up for it yet to say it to the partner or the friend or whoever in our heads, I'm grateful for that. She helps, helps me be patient. I'm grateful for, she makes me laugh, you know, whatever it is, practicing that over and over again is going to have gigantic results, just huge, wonderful results. And so Rhonda continues, she says, no matter what your temperament is now, Gratitude will give you more patience, understanding, compassion, and kindness to the point where you won't even recognize yourself. That is a very powerful statement right there. And then she says, the little irritations you once felt and the complaints you had in your relationships will disappear. Because when you're truly grateful for another person, there's nothing you want to change about that person. Listen to that. There's nothing you want to change about the other person. So if we also, you know, think about, you know, we had a recent chat on codependency, right? Which is, you know, largely about, you know, wanting to change other people. We know it's more, it's bigger, more complicated than that. But, you know, basically, or Anne, basically we're saying, I love you now change. And when we practice gratitude and cultivate gratitude in our lives and our relationships, we are much less apt to, uh, you know, want to try to change people. And nobody said we wave a wand and it goes away in a, in a minute. Obviously, you know, a lot of the codependency dynamics run deeply, right? We know that. Yet there will be an improvement. Definitely they'll be alleviated, which means gratitude in a sense. And we're not saying anything's, uh, you know, a swap out for professional treatment, you know, big disclaimer there. And that said, gratitude is so powerful that it will absolutely help to alleviate and heal the codependency dynamics underlying a relationship. Absolutely. And Rhonda says, you won't, you know, you won't criticize, or at least let's just say, paraphrasing here, this will diminish significantly. You won't criticize, complain about, or blame them 
because you're too busy being grateful for the good things about them. This is so true. Even when we talked about in a different way, you know, shifting out of anxious thinking or nervous thinking, when we're talking about the limbic system, which is way involved with emotional headquarters, right? Distraction is one of, we're saying one of, because a lot of this is complicated. It, it's a great skill to have to distract ourselves away from, you know, the, the unwanted thoughts. And this is also true for what we're talking about today. When we shift ourselves out of, you know, the, the pen tapping or the, um, the interrupting or whatever is driving us crazy, we uh, can shift into the feeling grateful about people and, and just wind up in a much happier, healthier place. And it sounds so simple, yet it can be so hard to do. And the reason it's hard to do is we allow ourselves to be an automatic pilot. And when automatic pilot doesn't generally go anywhere good, no matter what the topic is we're talking about, that kind of zone out robotic, you know, way to live is just not healthy in any kind of way at all. And when we learn, you know, to embrace life and live deliberately, whether it's spending, whether it's being grateful in relationships, whether it's whatever, that conscious effort of, you know, pulling ourselves out of just this fogged over autopilot is going to make pretty instantaneous and miraculous changes in our lives, you know, today, on this day, right now. And what's, you know, extremely cool about habits, remember, habits aren't, you know, created, they shift. They're also not broken, they just shift. And what's cool, and the average, you know, the average for, uh, for a habit, the average amount of time for a habit to stick, and obviously that depends on the habit. So we're saying average, because stopping smoking is, you know, different. We say most habits, like the ones we're talking about today with being annoyed with a, a partner or whomever's, you know, annoying things that they do, is about 21 days. So when we are, are practicing this gratitude and shifting out of that, about three weeks it'll take for it to get easier. Then we have to maintain it. Right. But just like anything we practice, we inevitably get good at it. And what's also very cool is that Rhonda says that after a while, you won't even see the things they used to complain about. And that's true. It doesn't mean ever. It doesn't mean, you know, we're skating along pretty well. And then we have a day where we're just annoyed by things. Okay, so then we just pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, as they say. You know, we fell off the wagon, got wrapped up in in whoever's bothering us. And we just say we're starting over. It's no big deal. And what's amazing about this for me is that it really, truly works. And it's it's pretty immediate. As long as you're being consistent and repeating it, it's it's quite quick. I mean, you can see a, day, a change in a day um, where you will actually start to, to not see these things, or at least not as frequently. They'll just kind of skate right underneath your radar, and it's a beautiful thing. And though I think, you know, many of us are aware of the tremendous power that words have, you know, if you look through history and look at some of the great leaders, great, not necessarily meaning positive, right? We can certainly bring up, um, you know, some of the, the quote unquote great leaders who did horrible damage. And it's so much because of, um, you know, the, the power of their, of their words. We know words are powerful, yet I don't think we're always you know, kind of consciously aware of that. At least I'm not, you know, I slip up for sure. And, you know, say things in a you know, wow. And that's true both negatively and positively, right? Our, our positive words, you know, when, when they're said with, with, you know, just genuineness and authenticity can really truly lift 
someone's spirit make a gigantic difference in their lives. And um, so Rhonda says, she said, words, words are very powerful. So when you complain about any person, you actually harm your life. And of course, you know, many religions and cultures, you know, the world over have talked about this. Some might call it karma. I know uh, Miguel Ruiz and his four agreements kind of talks about this as well. You know, what we do to others, we do to ourselves. Um, in fact, there's a really good read out there. It's actually like a middle school level book, but or at the most, but it's fantastic if you want to really get the message across with this in a in a page burning book with a great just a great story. It's called Touching Spirit Bear. I think it's by Ben Mickelson. I actually use it in one of my classes, even though it's it's technically a children's book. And my college students kind of get it pretty quickly why I'm using it uh, when we get into talking about you know, the role of anger and frustration and, and toxicity and all that sort of thing. And the vehicle for it is a, is a, is a spirit bear. I don't want to get too off track here. Definitely grab that because the whole theme is really what we're talking about here, which is what we do to someone else kind of comes right back at us and bites us in the ass if it's not something positive. Right. And then the reverse is true. Um, when we do think positively, feel positively, and behave positively. You know, so there's the karma thing. There's the reap what we sow thing. You know, go across the world. We're going to hear the same message. Sarana says, it's your life that will suffer when we do this. Sarana says, by the law of attraction, whatever you think or say about another person, you bring to you. This is the very reason why the greatest minds and teachers of the world have told us to be grateful. They knew that for you to receive more in your life, for your life to magically increase, you have to be grateful for others just as they are. And I love this. And she says, what if every person close to you said, in quotes, I love you just the way you are? How would you feel? Okay, with this podcast episode, you got homework today. I want you to think of one person in your life and think about three things that you're grateful for about this person. It's best to write them down too. I and remember the words I am grateful for, okay, so and so, comma, I am grateful for the blank that you do or say or you are or whatever. Three things, and then I want you to tell this person. Best in person, second best over the phone, third best, um, you know, digitally. And if you don't feel quite ready to do any of that, um, or if it's somebody who's no longer with us, which is okay too, then you just write a letter because it's about you. You write a letter. You, if they're still here on this earth, you can mail it sna- snail mail. If they're not still with us, the point is you're, this is working for your heart and, and working for you on the inside. Ideally, it's good for you actually to, to say it and convey convey your gratitude to this person if they are still here in some way today. You know, and then afterwards, privately, privately, just reflect on how this made you feel. Think about it. And the second part is to go with a three-to-one ratio because it's more doable and more realistic. So even just privately, no one needs to know what's going on in your mind. If you're the partner, friend, sibling, parent, whomever, and 
you, you get annoyed with whatever it is they're doing. And even if you say it, now stop doing whatever, stop, you know, blah, blah, blah. In your head, just say, I'm grateful for one about this person, grateful for two about this person, I'm grateful for three about this person. Three to one ratio. And do that, let's say for a week, and then reevaluate and see how you feel. It's going to make a huge difference in your life. And then this lovely note, I'd like to thank all of you Minecrafters for listening in the United States and across the world. And uh, okay, this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day. Mm-hmm.